and carry the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal, UAP congressional hearings. No, we take part ourselves. Yep. When Congress makes the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm AOC. And I'm Jamie Raskin? I don't know. Okay. I, yeah. I don't want to have to play this character the whole time. Don't do it. Yeah. I'm Carrie Poppy. I'm Ross Blotcher. And UFOs are real, right? As far as Congress is concerned, maybe. Yeah. So we mentioned last time that we would give you all the news on this UAP congressional hearing. Okay, here's the actual title. This was very recent. This was uh, July 26th, 2023, presented to the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. They have a, a subcommittee on national security, the border, and foreign affairs. Okay, I guess that's where this falls. And uh, if that's not enough long titles for you, they held a hearing titled Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, colon, Implications on National Security, Public Safety, and Government Transparency. Good. Did they use the Oxford comma? Yes, they did. Okay, very nice. All right. Carrie respects yeah. that, and uh, I guess we're, we're for it. Thumbs up? <laughs> this, this whole thing's great. So this is a good time to be an alien enthusiast, a mm -hmm. UFO enthusiast, a UAP enthusiast. Because it is your birthday. <laughs> yes, it is my birthday. I was trying to work that in. <laughs> well done. Happy birthday. Thank you. Which is a Braylian high holiday. Yes. As we know. And they're alien folks. Okay, there we go. We did it. We sewed it back up. August 6th, uh, which is a Raylian holiday because that's the day that the first atomic bomb was dropped on a population of people i just saw oppenheimer yesterday so feeling thematic yeah but this alien group calls that a high holy day because uh, there's a common belief this wasn't brought up in the congressional hearing but there's this kind of popular level of explanation that aliens became really interested in us after world war ii because they saw <gasps> they've unlocked the power of fission ah so we better keep a real close eye oh, on these humans and that's why like, the, the term flying saucer came after Kenneth Arnold's 1947 sighting of what he described as skipping saucers. Right. It was, I remember that guy. It was referring to the movement, not mm -hmm. the, the shape. I think those were crescent shaped that he saw. And then, of course, you had Roswell in 47 as well. So that's part of the mythos is that's when it took off. So that's our justification for me exclaiming that it's Ross's birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Okay. But yes, it is a good time to be an alien enthusiast for other reasons besides just your birthday. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. It's a period where a lot of there's a lot of media speculation about mm -hmm. whether there's going to be disclosure from the government. Are they going to finally come forward and say, I'm so sorry, you guys, you're right. We <laughs> have been engaging with aliens for decades. We didn't know how to deal with it mm -hmm. enough. Some shadowy jerks were keeping it from all of us. You right. know, we were in the dark just as much as you. Yeah, or, you know, enough whistleblowers came forward that we had to take this seriously and we finally went back through the files and discovered it's all true. You know, something in that kind mm -hmm. of... That's the kind of picture they they like to paint in the UFO community right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's just going to it's going to happen any day now. And it feels like UFOs have come into and out of the public consciousness over mm -hmm. time. 
I know it was really big in the 90s when I was watching X-Files and sightings and reading all kinds of books on UFOs and stuff. So I, I was really into this whole thing as a teenager, for sure. Yeah. So it's always an exciting topic for me, but I know it's an exciting topic for us. That's why we keep up on Linda Moulton Howe and Jimmy Church and <laughs> all of these other folks in the UFO community, many of whom were at Conscious Life Expo. But uh, we'll be telling you more about the contact in the desert as well, which feels really tied into this whole congressional hearing thing. There's like there's some really close connections between who we saw there and who appeared as witnesses in front of Congress. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and, And we can unpack those more as we tell the contact in the desert story. Some of our listeners were asking us, Mm -hmm. you going to cover this? We don't know what to think about this congressional hearing. Yeah, I mean, talk about the appearance of legitimacy, Mm -hmm. you know, being in front of Congress. Whoa, serious business. Mm -hmm. So I should mention there was another congressional hearing in 2022 on UFOs. Okay, I felt like we had done one a second ago. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't long ago. We didn't do like a dedicated episode about it or anything. But yeah, I meant we, America. That, right. That was for the United States House Intelligence Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation. I knew it. Uh, I knew it was America. No Oxford comma in that one. Mm. <laughs> for anybody not intimately familiar with the U.S. governmental system, Loser. In our legislative branch, we have the Senate. You've got 100 senators, two from each of our states. And then in the House of Representatives, you have 438 representatives. Did you just count them? No. Oh, okay. I just, I subtra- <laughs> just did a real quick thing I subtracted 100 from 538, oh. which I, is a number I'm more familiar with. Got it. <laughs> that, that was the really amazing mental math going on. Yeah, um, you should have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's 438 representatives who are tied more to the population of right. each state. So bigger states get more representatives. Anyways, they will form then committees that deal with certain specific issues. And there's all these systems governing like who gets to oversee what and as a representative, which committees you sit on. So this is one where everybody got really excited. Uh, This 2023 one that we're talking about that just happened. And committees are usually made up by people who are like experts in that area or Mm -hmm. at least really enthusiastic, passionate about that area, or maybe they represent a community that's really impacted by that feature. Yeah, but my district has... Boeing, and so I'm really interested in aviation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. right. Or I have a science degree instead of coming out of the legal field, and so I want to sit on this, you know, science committee. Yeah, all yeah. checks out. Yeah, but just to be fair, to put mm-hmm. this out there before we get into the details of this, uh, these Congress people can't be experts in everything. Sure. And they're having these, you know, daily hearings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I said the word expert, and I should back it up. What What I mean is like. <laughs> The best version of this mm-hmm. is that those who are knowledgeable and passionate sit in the committee, but you might be one and not the other. And hopefully they have the skills to recognize expertise and elevate expertise uh, when seeking answers to national problems rather than assuming they are experts sure. in, in these things. So I just wanted to throw that little olive branch out before I throw a bunch of representatives under the bus mm. for uh, you know not being experts on the UFO community necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we described this recently in another episode, but we'll also keep using the term UAP. That was the term of art. Of course, they use both UFO and UAP kind of interchangeably during all this. 
But as, as grudging as I am, it is actually a better term to say unidentified anomalous phenomena. Mm. That's the newer version of UAP. It used to be aerial. Oh, yeah. So now that even gets out of the sky. Right, exactly. So now it could be, I mean, ghosts would also be unidentified right. anomalous phenomena. So now it starts to sound a lot more like the stuff I'm interested in. Okay. Yeah. Well, like you're getting generic to the point of not saying much, but you're exactly. also. <laughs> you're Philosophy also, major. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but also at the time, you're not uh, completely assuming with the title that this thing is flying or even aerial. Right. Yeah. But I like that it's just locking in on literally. Our unknowingness. Oh, uh uh-huh. It was an unusual happening, and we haven't figured it out. That's all UAP says. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, all for that. Usually, we're just like trying to remind people that the U in UFO stands for unidentified. Right. Yeah, it's a start of an inquiry. The U starts for you don't know. (laughs) I like it. Mm -hmm. That's a good Mm t-shirt. Shit, that is a good Mm t-shirt. Shit. (laughs) We gotta make that. Okay. 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 I'll write write that down while I'm editing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I'll read from their oversight.house.gov summary of this. The subcommittee hearing will explore firsthand accounts of unidentified anomalous phenomena and assess the federal government's transparency and accountability regarding UAPs' possible threats to U.S. national security. This hearing will also highlight legislative efforts to bring transparency to UAPs and require the federal government to provide the American people with information about potential risks to public safety and national security. The writing. My oh, God. Hey, we've wandered into congressional territory. Yeah. Here. Yeah. There's going to be gonna more have of to, this. We're going to have to deal with it. Okay. So the two main representatives who brought this and like organized this and did all the, you know, there's some legwork involved in putting this together were representatives Tim Burchett from Tennessee. What up, Tim? Hope you listen. Here's a quote from him. The Pentagon and Washington bureaucrats have kept this information hidden for decades, and we're finally going to shed some light on it. We're bringing in credible witnesses who can provide public testimony because the American people deserve the truth. Yeah, great. We're done with the cover-ups. Okay. Oh, oh, perfect. Okay. That's the situation I want. Don't do cover-ups. Bring in the experts. Show me the documentation. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Great. Love and, it. And the other... I'm pumped. And I don't know if I mentioned he's a Republican from Tennessee. And then the other major organizer was Representative Anna Paulina Luna, mm, a Republican from name. Florida. Yeah. Good name. And uh, she said, the status quo on the part of the U.S. government has been to leave the American public in the dark regarding information about UAPs, refuse to answer questions posed by whistleblowers, Avoid the concerns Americans have about the possible threats UAPs pose to our national security and public safety and default to extreme and unnecessary overclassification. Okay. And I'll summarize here. This issue matters to Americans and it's bad for our transparency. I look forward to bringing this topic to light. Okay. So she's raising one of the issues that would be brought up a lot, which is this classification issue, Mm -hmm. whether the government's being too secretive about what they know. Now, I recognized her name right away because I was aware that of the eight bills or resolutions that she has introduced Mm -hmm. in her short tenure in Congress, uh, out of the eight of them, four have been to censure or condemn Adam Schiff. Oh, wow. My local representative from (laughs) Burbank, California, because he led the impeachment against Donald Trump. The first one. That's why, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely is. Like, that is named in the bill. Like, 
they wanted him to pay $16 million penalty. Oh, oh, that's what she was censuring him for. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That is exactly what it was for. So uh, yeah, I, I thought I, you meant, uh, you know, retribution, but okay. I wow. Thought, so we've got these two folks who are leading this. And then uh, during the introductions, we learned that Representative Matt Gates was also one of the leading lights involved. Okay. I think we've all heard of him. Yeah, I've heard that name. Oh, okay. He is a Republican congressperson, part of the Freedom Caucus, as is Luna. Uh, that's kind of a right-wing group of people with very, uh, I would say, extreme goals. He's also notable for being, well, very fiery in his public persona and his congressional presence, but also got into a lot of legal trouble over perhaps paying to have underage girls accompany him for vacations. Ah, uh, okay. Boy, I've been out of touch with this kind of news, but oh, okay. he is not great. Yeah, okay. Matt Gates. So <laughs> okay, I'm, great. Yeah. Um, Good summary. It, but then also a young and upcoming Florida Democrat uh, was involved in this. So, uh, so I will say this ended up being a mostly bipartisan effort. Okay. You may hear some familiar names if you're familiar with U.S. politics. Uh, you may hear some unfamiliar names. I counted 16 representatives total who were like kind of involved in the Q&A and five of them were Democrats. So okay, there you go. Five out of how many? 16. 16. Okay. So, so still very- Still bipartisan, but- But yeah, skews quite dominated. Republican, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there are some political- notes to all of this and maybe some Mm -hmm. we'll discuss and maybe some you can just infer on your own Mm -hmm. sure so apparently according to tim burchett one of those organizers there were originally going to be six witnesses okay but last minute some were scared away uh backed out at the end and he didn't give any details Mm -hmm. on that but in an interview i was watching with him he mentioned all these roadblocks and like the building they gave us to hold this hearing was under construction which just sounds conspiratorial. And he said, okay. was it quiet? <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear any drilling in the background, yeah. but whatever. And uh, he also mentioned that some of his staff members had been told that one of the lead witnesses, David Grush, was not reliable. And he said, see, that's the swamp right there. Because people were warning him that there was an unreliable witness okay. in his hearing. He took... So he's not saying, oh, no, my witness is part of the swamp. He's assuming the person saying that is the swamp. Yes. Okay. That seems arbitrarily applied to your enemy to me. Yes. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Correct. So we had three main witnesses, uh, Ryan Graves, in order that you see them during the hearing from left to right. Well, yeah, let me pull them up because I watched most of this at the time, but I was... Not I was I was doing other stuff at the same time. So I like mm-hmm. had a sense of what was going on, but not really clear. And then when you came over today, you sent me their actual written statements. And I've read those now. This was on a work day starting at 7 a.m. So I was watching it. But then like, you know, I'm also preparing for work and then going to work because this was over two hours long. It was a significant hearing. So I definitely had to like rewatch it and rewatch it closely. OK, so, there he is. So you had Ryan Graves and then David Grush. And then David Fravor. Fravor. That was the flavor <laughs> of the Fravor uh, for this hearing. So yeah, only only three folks. And I'll just say off the bat, like these are known figures. Yeah. Like if you're in the UFO community, 
It's not like these people were coming out for the first time. All of them had been in the public light before. They had been sharing UFO stories. Okay. I didn't remember their names. Maybe Dave Grush sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, he's been getting a lot of attention and he was kind of the the newest, freshest, kind of the center of everyone's attention mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. hearing. Mm-hmm. And he's getting a lot of attention right now for good reason. Well, before we dive into it, do you want to give your quick take? Yeah. It was funny, I got to, just in the course of work the other day, I got to meet the new director of JPL, and it was that day. Oh, cool. She asked me for a quick take. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, The director um, of JPL, wow, okay. Well, (laughs) I was like trying to be chair. Did she have one? No, she hadn't seen it yet. Oh, I see. Because this was all like... I thought that like (laughs) this JPL woman watched it and was like, Ross, I don't know, what do you think? No, no. I was introduced as someone like who's, hey, he's really into science. And, oh, got it. Okay. And then I mentioned I watched that this morning and she's like, oh, what'd you think? I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> how do I be charitable? And, and so I told her, uh, Congress got taken in by a confidence scam. Mm. That, that was my quick summary. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I can buy that version. I didn't pick up on a scam element of it. But uh, when I was reading these things you sent me, I was like... This is it? <laughs> yeah. This is it? I sent Carrie the three witness statements, which you can find from these witnesses, which they mostly read out there in front of Congress. Yeah, I think Carrie was already getting the flavor of this. Yeah, people get so bogged down in the science part of it. They're like, well, maybe it could be this, maybe it could mm. be that. Oh, what did they say? Blah, blah, blah. That I think we lose sight of just like, well, hang on, hang on. Are we talking to the guy who saw it? Or are we talking to a guy who talked to a guy who saw it? There's one question. And then, okay, did they take a pic? What kind of documentation have we got? Like all of that stuff just seems so primary here and gets lost in the shuffle. I wish that was more people's just gut response to kind of look at that and be like, okay, what's what's the there there? Oh, is there no there there? Right. Oh, so so yeah, kind of giving yeah. it away in advance. But yeah, that is my take mm-hmm. that Congress got hornswoggled and so did the American public. Mm-hmm. That this was none of this was new. Mm-hmm. This was all information that was out there before. And anything that sounded new was not backed up. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's actually there is paper thin. Yeah, which is, I don't know, it's almost disappointing to me. Like there's the teenager inside of me that wants some really fun things to dig into like mm. ooh to get that little sense of chill like ooh what i i don't know how to explain that mm. or what is that thing that's crazy and that that wasn't here so for you the u in ufo stands for ooh <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> cool Shall we get into it? Yeah. So shall we talk about Ryan Graves and his statement? Okay, sure. Yeah, let's talk about these witnesses. Yeah. All right, so I looked it up. Ryan Graves is a mere 37 years old. Yeah, young looking guy, yeah. A former F-18 pilot and uh, like a pilot instructor. And now he's executive director of the Americans for Safe Aerospace. Yes. That sounds made up. It's that group he created with nearly 5,000 Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. And uh, he's got a shaved, bald head, sort of chiseled features. Like he's got kind of sharp facial features. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, A guy you'd see at the gym. For sure. Uh, At least during this hearing, I guess he was was clean shaven. I don't know. He's like, he's wearing the most basic outfit you could wear to Congress. He looks how you expect him. Yep. Okay. I got the blazer. Yeah. You can't really describe their outfits because, you know, they're just wearing blazers and I got a blue tie. That's my one form of expression. (laughs) Right. And then poor poor men, poor businessmen. 
Poor, yeah. Poor businessmen. Let's look out for the poor businessmen. <laughs> get more pins or Their something. Their lack of expression. They try to wear a tan suit. They get shot yep, right down. Yep. <laughs> Plaid, get out of here. So I read his statement first. Mm-hmm. Boy, big takeaways. I mean, it was basically like a lot of people I know have seen things they don't know what they are. We write those things up, mm-hmm. and then we don't really hear much about it later. Yeah, he had a couple sightings of his own, or at least one, that he detailed. And this was interesting. I wasn't really familiar with this form of UFO, but he said that he and others had been seeing these UFOs that look like either gray or black cubes mm-hmm. inside of a transparent sphere. Yes. Interesting. I think it was just one person. So here's what it says. A pivotal incident occurred during an air combat training mission off of Virginia Beach. All traffic into the training area goes through one GPS point. And just at the moment that two different jets crossed the threshold, one of those two pilots saw a dark gray cube inside of a clear sphere. Both jets, 100 feet apart, have to evade each other because mm-hmm. they're about to crash. They terminate the mission. Only one of them saw the gray cube, and there's no mention of what the other pilot saw or why they turned around. It's like one person saw a thing that they didn't understand. That's that story. Yeah, and I, I got the sense that he was somehow like very close to that one. But then he later started a group where he just collects other pilot stories. Right. And he's interested in both commercial and military sightings. Wants to make sure that there is no negative consequence. There are no perceived threats if they mm-hmm. speak out about these things, which I agree with. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. yeah, let's hear about it. Let's hear about it immediately. Let's get all the info we can. I'm not sure how much I trust all these stories of like immediate retribution and yes. penalties and threatening and all of that. Or if it's just like gentle ribbing or something like that that gets misinterpreted. It, or like maybe that's not appropriate. Like I, I can mm-hmm. understand making the argument that, hey, listen, superiors, if people are going to come to you with anomalous experiences that we didn't give them training for mm-hmm. and that might have come from their own sensory systems or from... A bird or like something that enters their perception. Mm -hmm. We should prepare them for that. And if we don't, that's on us. So let's not treat them like they're nuts for bringing it up. Let's not treat them like they're definitely saying it's aliens. They're asking. Yeah. You know, that that seems fair. Yeah. Whatever it is they're seeing doesn't fall within their realm of experience. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. And it kind of tripped a wire for me because as he's describing his background uh, and his own UAP encounters, he says, as a pilot, I was trained to be an expert observer. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on. But I just think oh, that's kind of like with cops where they do that thing. Like we're trained to observe especially well. And I think, no, you're not. You're, you're, <laughs> st- you're still just a, a you're human. A, you're like everybody. Yeah, yeah totally. Don't yeah. try to give me this thing that like somehow you're better at observing than other people. You're not. Yeah. My dad, bless his heart, will say that he's an observer of human nature before he tells you his opinion about someone. Okay. It's like, you can just go ahead and tell me your opinion of that person. <laughs> I'll still weight it as one person's opinion. Right. Yeah. You don't need to also tell me how good you're. And it's valid. Is. It doesn't mean it's less valid than anybody else's, yep, but just that one I'll guy. work out the context on my own. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Though I got to say, in Ryan Graves' testimony, 
he did a good job of kind of summarizing what it is they're asking for. Like, why, mm. why are we mm. here? Mm-hmm. So he breaks it down into three points. As we convene here, UAP are in our airspace, but they are grossly underreported. Mm. And okay. later on, uh, when asked directly, he says that he estimates only 5% of cases are reported. Okay. So does that mean that he has heard 20 times as many as he reported? <laughs> I don't know how he built that number. Yeah. And he even admits hmm. that, you know, like the way he presents it is like, ah, spitball. If I had to guess. Yeah. Okay. So I guess just hmm. his understanding of the conditions and what, maybe how much pressure he needs to put to get people mm-hmm. to talk about it. Maybe he feels how like. How much reticence he mm-hmm. perceives in the people around him. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's just this kind of like, well, just judging from the general milieu of discomfort here. Here's my. I'm guessing if we hit the bushes 20 times harder, we'd get that many more yeah, responses. My, my gut feeling. Okay. So that's point one. Point two, the stigma attached to UAP is real and powerful and challenges national security. Okay. Yeah, it says it silences commercial pilots who fear professional repercussions, discourages witnesses, and is only compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony. Uh, I can kind of believe this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that if you say, hey, I saw something I can't explain, and your friends immediately go like, oh, did you, Josh? Mm-hmm. That, you know, then you start thinking about like, oh, God, my reputation at work. And oh, uh, 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 I could see that makes sense. Yeah. Hearing all this, like I'm thinking... It would be great to have in newer planes, like just an observation mode. Like as soon as you see something that's weird, like you just kind of hit a button and you you like start filming in 360. Mm, yeah. And like in multiple spectra, you know, just like uh-huh. so, so you have like, I'm seeing something weird. Hit yeah, that button. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, like we start gathering all of this info and storing it. Yeah. Okay. The weird button. The weird button. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, I'm like, they could all just be wearing recorders on their vests and just delete it that day if you don't need it right yeah like many security systems are just constantly recording and then you know when you say hey something's happening it's like oh the last 10 seconds i have in the buffer i'm gonna yeah in- include that with what's happening right now that's what undercover investigators at like factory farms and stuff do yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and point three, the government knows more about UAP than shared publicly and excessive classification practices keep crucial information hidden. So they feel that UAP are underreported, that there's stigma, and that the government knows more than it's letting on. Gosh, I'm, this is interesting. I'm getting like a, a more sympathetic understanding of this as, the, as we're playing this out. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's shoot to the other side of the table. Let's go to David Fravor. Okay. David Fravor. Just to be clear, I still don't think that aliens have visited Earth. Oh, did you say something that you think might have given people? (laughs) Yeah, just in case they thought like I'm becoming so sympathetic that I'm like, I don't know, maybe aliens came to Earth. I don't think that. You're just sympathetic with the positions of these people. Yeah, I'm sympathetic to the idea that there may actually be an underreporting issue a stigma issue, maybe a classification issue. I'm trying to, I'm thinking of different ways that could play out. Okay. And in all of these scenarios, I'm like, every single person's trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to do the right thing with a really weird and complex cultural phenomenon with lots of players. Yeah. That, and that hits on a point that I wanted to try to make at some point during this episode, which is that I think most of the people involved in the, this whole ordeal, everything we're talking about, are probably well-intentioned. Yeah, yeah, and I'm probably being honest most of mm-hmm. the time, like most people. They're working with what they've been given in terms of information and sources, and maybe their trust has been taken advantage of, or maybe it's just a string of people who are kind of misunderstanding things mm-hmm. and building up 
on each other. So I feel like this is just kind of a, a natural outlet for what society has given us in terms of UAPs. Right. Uh, okay, so Commander David Fravor, uh, he'll be turning 59 this month. Happy birthday, David hey, Fravor. I don't, David. Know, I don't know what his birthday is. Oh. But he was a former commanding officer. He's now retired. And, uh, he, hey, David. He, he was also an F-18 pilot. Couldn't For the world famous Black Aces. I'm saying that like that because he has an exclamation point after it in his bio. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a reason to be excited. Uh, so he was one of the pilots in this November 2004. So this is quite a while ago report that... Again, the public knows about this was one of the videos that was included in the 2017 New York Times article that caught a lot of attention that we talked about. Tic Tac thing, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, he was one of the Tic Tac guys. Yeah, so he saw a weird little white Tic Tac like object. This was off the coast of San Diego, Baja, California. And couldn't make out what it was. And as he was accelerating his vehicle, it seemed like that tic-tac accelerated in an unexpected way and they were kind of turning and twisting in a way that they were like, this is impossible. No human technology could do it. Yeah, so the way he describes it, it was like a beautiful clear day in San Diego as they always are. And the water was beautiful and blue and undisturbed except there was this like white patch of waves that kind of caught their attention. And then they noticed there was this flying tic-tac that was like in that area flying around so that got their attention they flew after it i think there were four pilots and he says they all claim to have seen this people of course that's one person's account of four people's account exactly yeah yeah. it's always important to remember that you know like when you read in the gospels that 500 people witnessed jesus after he came back from the dead we will provide none of their names we have one person who wrote that 500 people saw yeah the important thing to remember but he says that they saw this white tic-tac shape, and I assume most people remember the candy. This came up jokingly in the hearing where you had that Birchick guy saying, my daughter is trying to correct me and say, no, no, it's TikTok." He's like, mm. no, I'm talking about the candy. <laughs> so you can't call me a boomer for that. Uh, he said it was like 40 feet long, though, which is incredibly large. So imagine a 40-foot tic-tac. He said, or you can think of it as a, like a giant white propane tank. But the 40 feet long was still accounting for the distance that it looks like it was away. So, you know, you're already making a lot of assumptions when you describe it that way. Yeah. Like Father Ted said to Father Dougal and Father Ted, no, Dougal, this cow is small. That cow is far away. Ah, yes. And they looked about the same size, but no, they were different sizes. And yeah, it's hard to tell these things from a moving platform at 20,000 feet or however high you happen to be at the moment. And pilots are trained in the things they're expected to encounter. Yeah. Everyone encounters things they don't expect to encounter. So what happened was they said they saw this and it was doing, like you were saying, all this crazy stuff in the air. Like the thing dropped down from 80,000 feet to 20,000 feet and like kind of hung out for a few hours and then like went back up. And amaze them. These are things that our craft cannot do with human technology. Apparently, like their machinery was malfunctioning on this test flight. So they went back and it was the next crew that went out that shot this infamous Tic Tac video. Mm. And he seems to agree that that was what he had seen. But Mick West, who has been a guest on our podcast Mm -hmm. and really is the expert on all this. We should be talking to him. And he should have been on this congressional hearing. He has very credibly analyzed that video of the tic-tac object and shown when it appears to be shooting far away or coming close up that's the zoom changing on the camera (laughs) 
it's changing size because the camera is changing its view. I forgot this. Okay. And then he oh, no. <laughs> he analyzed because so often, so often, these videos, including these really high profile ones, they turn out to be airplanes far away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes you're looking at a infrared camera, which kind of present the world and in information that's not intuitive to us. Yeah. So like the positive image will be white because it has a heat signature. But then in this case, they, they were flipping back and forth between multiple cameras. So Mick West will just kind of he'll look at the info that these cameras capture mm-hmm. about the telemetry and which way it's looking and, you know, the angle and all that. And he'll be like, well, look, when that change happened. The camera was moving. Okay, that's interesting because I was thinking all this stuff about the tic-tac zooming away Mm -hmm. would be in the same sentence as I turned and went toward it. And I'm thinking like, well, you're accelerating then. Like there's no no self-awareness about what you're doing and Mm -hmm. how that adds to your perception of what's going on around you. Uh, The world's just happening to you. And when you're just a joke you public later on seeing this video, you don't readily have that information available. And so when you see this thing quickly just zip mm-hmm. off to the left, you don't think, oh, the plane just zip to the right. And that's why we see it moving, mm-hmm. uh, not because it was moving at superhuman speeds, pulling crazy Gs. But that's where everybody immediately goes to like, well, we calculated based on this displacement that it had to be moving, you know, this fast. And that's not possible. OK, or the camera moved. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Mick West, he said, you know, not conclusive, but here's a, a plane model and just using one example commercial jetliner let's rotate it around oh look here there it is flying away from us matches that exact profile add a bit of graininess add a bit of Mm. lack of focus voila it looks almost identical Mm. i think that's what we have here and you know we're still making hay out of this why uh, do you think then pilots yeah pilots though who are in the air regularly why do you think they wouldn't identify a passenger plane like that good question i guess because if it's far enough away and i think in this case it was like 80 miles away Mm. it's essentially a visual infinity Mm-hmm. Even if you're moving in a very fast you know, jet plane. And if you're just kind of locking on with a FLIR forward-looking infrared uh, video camera or something like that, your only input may just be what you're seeing on the monitor versus mm-hmm. what you're seeing with your eyeballs. Right. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if this is like an attention thing, like let's not do this. But if you distracted a bunch of pilots while they're flying planes, mm-hmm. what else would they see that they're not normally focusing on? Right. Because our attention is supposed to block out other stuff. That's kind of what it's for. Mm-hmm. That's and, interesting. And there's so many variables here. For example, you have to wonder, well, was it picked up by multiple types of equipment? Okay, maybe it shows up on a visual camera. Did it show up on radar? No? Oh, maybe it was something stuck to the window or mm-hmm, something like right. that. And then sometimes you'll hear people say, oh, no, no, it was definitely picked up on radar, but that data somehow has gone missing. They don't have that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is there and you go like, okay, now we're talking about something that's interesting. Like if multiple, say, ships in the area latched onto something, all all of it is relevant, but you want all that info and it can often get disentangled or you start to assume that there's data there that isn't. And so David Fravor, he insists, no, we saw it. We, we saw that white propane tank thing. And then another crew went out and photographed, videographed this object. Maybe those were different things. I don't know. You want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you also need proof. Right. At the end of the day, it's still unidentified. Yeah. Okay. Now, when he comes back and he tells everybody, is he mocked for 
thinking he saw the Tic Tac? So he's not. Oh. In fact, and this comes up as part of the line of questioning during this hearing. Uh, did you feel yeah. re- repercussions? And he's sitting two seats away from Mr. Graves saying, like, this is just horrible the way people are treated and yeah. they're threatened. He's like, no, I had no problem talking about it. It was just, you know, it was kind of forgotten. People came back years later and asked me if I would be willing to talk about it. I said, okay. Uh, but, you know, like the the six guys I know who have talked about this, you know, they, they retired just fine. The You know, top of their... Interesting. <laughs> their field and good retirements and all that. Okay. He had a totally different take on that aspect. Oh, man. Okay. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. his, I mean, we have to take that seriously, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. So, huh. So we've got this picture now where there are some people who want to come forward, but they have a perception that they're going to be thought of as talking about aliens and thus crazy. And both of those might be assumptions because maybe you haven't tried yet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're the one intimidating yourself. Yeah. But it's a, I think it's still a good argument for like, okay, if people are feeling this way, like yeah. let's have some trainings out there. They're like, hey, sometimes you see X and Y. And- Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm all for this. I'm all for my little uh, weird button yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, the and weird button. I'm all for people immediately saying, hey, saw something super strange out there. I tried to record it. Let's take a look at this. This is what I saw and perceived. Get that as fast as you can too because yeah. mm-hmm. these stories change. That's a problem. And before you talk to other people. Yes, yes. Separate them. That would be the first thing like the four pilots come in and they're like well we saw something really weird out there i'd be like cool you Shut up! this room you that room yeah stop talking <laughs> to each other we're gonna get your recollections you're not in trouble we just want to hear it <laughs> separate that was another thing that struck me because oh goodness uh, like with aliens early on in the day you had just a wide variety of descriptions of them mm. and i think joe nickel once made like a really cool chart of just the changing descriptions of aliens over time that yeah oh that's a cool poster yeah early on people that. would be like oh wow it's a it's a moth uh, mm-hmm. you know, with giant eyes and it was eight feet tall. And then you have the person who says like, oh, well, it was gray and small and, and four feet tall. And then you have people who are like, they're blue, they're two feet tall. And some people are like, they look like owls. Over time, you get this convergence on kind of like a popular understanding of what the aliens look like. I think very similar for and, you. And highly punctuated with the art around us. Yes, right. We're To the point where you can say, this Outer Limits episode came out right before the Betty and Barney Hill uh, yep. abduction ab- story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was another contemporary piece that I'm going to kick myself for uh, forgetting the name of later. But yeah, usually you can say, aha, this is when Whitley Strieber's book came out. This uh-huh. is where the proliferation of the gray aliens with the almond eyes happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Similarly, this one annoyed me because I could have sworn I'd heard stories of Chupacabra before this. But uh-huh. Ben Radford uh, has identified that the Chupacabra mythos and the description of the Chupacabra all arose from the movie Species. Which okay. I, w- I want to say Chupacabra was... is the like goat that eats you. Yeah, the goat okay. sucker. Well, it's some weird mangy looking creature that looks like kind of vaguely like a starved werewolf. Werewolf that, okay. that sucks the blood out of goats okay. and other livestock. Oh, it eats goats. Goats don't eat you. Okay. And I remember asking my high school Bible slash Spanish teacher about it because she came from the area where those myths were supposed to originate. And she's like, oh, yes, I've heard of it. And she spoke of it as if she'd heard of it for many years. So I remember when I heard about this, like oh, it couldn't have come from this early 90s movie because Senora Orem had heard about this for a long time. All right. Which was your own sort of 
confabulated memory of right, how, right. how she told it. Of which, her confabulated yeah. memory. Yeah. yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So anyways, that's, I think, how these things happen, which mm-hmm. is why, yeah, you got to lock it down as fast as possible. But all of that to the underlying point that, yeah, let's hear these stories and take them seriously. Totally. By all means. And I'm all for, I was going to say we're all for, I think we're all for even having governmental bodies that collect this information, look into it. Yeah. And and I think also the second issue I'm I'm stumbling on this time in this conversation is letting people know, hey, it's not a red flag to us as your employer if you had an anomalous sensory experience. We expect those to some degree. Mm-hmm. We don't think that you are nuts because this happened. We don't expect you to lose your job as a result of this report. Even mm-hmm. if even if we find out this was something in your eyeballs and brain, your job is likely still safe. Yeah, and if somebody gives you a hard time about it, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like sensitivity training mm-hmm. and, and other types of training that you give your employees because it puts that thing in the back of their head. Yeah, so they have right. It. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, prime them. Prime for, them for this to happen. For commercial pilots as well. So there we go. Look at us all in violent agreement. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase. Oh, really? Yeah. It's fun, Harrowing. right? <laughs> or fun. <laughs> <laughs> violence agreement well the idea is you know you've spent a long time like you normally would hashing out differences and you're like oh oh yeah okay so that transitions well into the fact that there are bodies that are tasked with looking into these things guess what the transparency they're calling for mm-hmm. already exists okay so in 2020 there was a new group formed called the uap task force okay And now, as of 2022, uh, partway through the year, there was a new group called the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Offices, AARO, or ARO, as it'll be referred to in this hearing. All-Domain Anomalous Resolution Offices? Office, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's like, it's so on the the nose of like, the government as arbiter of our collective reality. (laughs) You know, like that's what this hearing is, is like, let's figure out what real is. We have two hours. What's real? Guess what? They've been asking for this stuff for a long time and they've gotten it. People have asked, like, can we research these things? Can we pull them all together? Can we query the archives? Can we examine the footage? And the government has said, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's like spend millions of dollars to do this. And I'm not even against that. Sure. You know, done responsibly openly, transparently, yeah, let's Uh gather that info. And And we'll know if they've done it by what they discover, right? If they discover what proves my position, then they have searched far enough. Oh, no. But should they not discover Mm. what I want, actually, the search must continue. They must be corrupt. And yeah, okay. So you have identified the problem. Oh, no. You've identified the problem. So this is a good time to introduce our third witness. Okay. David Grush. Dave Grush, the bell of the ball, the glue that holds it all together. Okay, David Grush. So he's a big newer figure in this space. Those other two gents we'd already heard from in previous hearings and documentaries and New York Times articles and all of that. But David Grush has become the bell of the ball lately. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about two former pilots One who's just like happy to tell a story if you want to bring him out of retirement. Mm -hmm. The other one is uh, forming groups to try to get the truth out of as many other pilots as possible. All right. What can we say about David Grush? Well, 
David Charles Grush was an intelligence officer for 14 years. Okay. And by that, I mean he was in the Air Force, and he was also in the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency at the civilian level. Come. Okay. We looked this up. This appears to still be... This This makes sense. It's this, something. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, it, at first, we're like, civilian level? Civilian level, mean? yeah. But, you know, he was working working for the government. And he says that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight with regard to aerial phenomena. Yes. And he has seen evidence. Hmm. He has heard stories. He has heard stuff. He has seen stuff. Hmm. And he has taken steps to corroborate the stuff, though he has not mentioned what those steps are. Mm-hmm. And he was informed that a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program mm-hmm. has been operated by the U.S. government since possibly the 30s. And that involves, wait a second, retrieved craft, and alien technology. Maybe alien bodies. And bodies, yep. Those sort are, of the implication. Those are all part of his story. And you can see him in real time in Congress trying to intelligently parcel out this info to not sound a little too crazy, but... <laughs> Or a little too credulous, at least. Mm, There we go. So he's talked to lots of people, and I can't say he doesn't believe what he's saying, but I think he's listened to a lot of people tell stories, and he's like, whoa, well, if this is true, this is huge. It's been this big (laughs) cover-up. Huge of true. Huge Huge of true. (laughs) Let's go in front of Congress and share it. But he's also, he worked in intelligence, and so his whole deal is that he was functioning like a whistleblower. And he even says that in his he, he says statement. He, in effect, became yes. a whistleblower, yes. And here are the here at the congressional hearing, you know, even Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is referring oh, yeah, to that's him me. is referring to him as a whistleblower. Oh wow. And so he gets credit as a whistleblower because he sees something really bad going on and he's mm. raised this up mm. to the next level and talked about it. Uh, fair enough. We if we want to use these terms without them if we want everyone to be able to use them when they want to. We can't can't withhold them. But just to confuse things, why is he able to talk about this then if it's all secret? You know, he's being yep. a whistleblower. So he had to get permission for all of his talking points from the Dopser. The Dopser? <laughs> the Defense Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review. Oh, So okay. essentially, if you're uh-huh. going to write something publicly, they want to look at it first and be like, okay, are you releasing anything that's dangerous security wise okay no okay you can talk about this so apparently he's internalized this catalog of things he can talk about and things he can't Mm, right and boy does he drop acronyms like nobody's business so dopser is just the beginning the way he describes it he was his agency's co-lead in unidentified anomalous phenomena and transmedium object analysis as well as reporting to uap task force We talked about them. They were that 2020 to 2021 group that had this job to look at this stuff critically. And eventually the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the Arrow that we talked about. Now that comes up later that the director of Arrow says, he didn't work for us. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Grush has to say, well, I mean, okay, not directly, yes, but like, you know, some of my work went to that group. I see. 
Um, I'm also interested in the word co-lead. Do you know who the other lead was? Oh, good question. I do not. Okay, if you were the other lead, please get in touch. Oh, yeah. would love to hear your impressions. But yeah, uh, Grush speaks very quickly in acronym language and will refer to many different, I don't know, like acts and... Jargon. Yeah, a lot of jargon, a lot of it both legal and intelligence jargon and military. like ranking military jargon, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So many of these people love that. Linda Moulton now does that. Right. To a point where I just assume, okay, well, it seems to be checking with these Congress people. So. Oh, interesting. I wonder if that's the function. Yeah, I go like. Uh, my brain, I can't parse this anymore. Oh, I would have to like stop and replay them six times. Like, uh, what was that word? What, what? Oh, God, that was so fast. Yeah, I I did not understand this until I read these statements. And now I feel I fully understand it. So just go to the statements, you guys, if you couldn't follow this. So I've been mentioning ages. Our friend here, David Grush, is all of 36. Okay. So, you know, pretty young. 36, 37 for the other guy, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. And does he have himself any personal sightings of any of this? Uh, David Grush? Yeah. No, he's, he's been informed. That's right. He's talked to people. He's heard stories. That That is, I highlighted in red on this PDF the one time he gave me an actual source and it is the term I was informed. Yes. That's it. That's it, you guys. That's all he's reporting here. I heard some stuff. Yes. People have told me these stories and they seem very, very certain about it. Oh, my goodness. And he's in front of Congress. Yeah, this will not do. Blowing the whistle on things he's heard. This will not do. This is not anything. And the more you dig into it, you find that his sources and the people he's been talking to are figures such as one of the authors on that New York Times article in 2017 and other people in the UFO community that we've met at Contact in the Desert and other places that it's all just this like community that talks to each other and shares their stories and he's just essentially gotten pulled into this. Yeah, deftly avoiding the word incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> and the phrase circle jerk. <laughs> But whichever sex metaphor you want, it doesn't sound like a good way to get information. Uh, Leslie Keene is the author I'm thinking of. And there's a, a guy named George Knapp who's very much involved in this as well. But she was one of the ones responsible for the New York Times article in 2017 that caused a lot of trouble because it just treated this as so mm-hmm. legitimate. And I, I mean, it says in one of the statements, we are here today because of that article in the New York Times. Right. These things have effects. And this Uh just came up recently when you had responded to an article in the New York Times about Uri Geller that was way too credulous. Lord. Just essentially did his publicist work for him. Oh, my God. I I actually feel... I feel the anger in my legs. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's on coming from the episode. legs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, because I feel like I'll go off on a long tangent here. But yeah, no, that was terrible. Sometimes we think we see these things like art and journalism as solely reporting on the world, commenting on the world, mm-hmm. social media commenting on the world. No, you are also part of the world. You are affecting things. You are putting stories out there that land in people's minds and then direct how they interpret their lives. Yeah, and so. So having a source that is held credible, like the New York Times, report favorably on something like this makes people go, oh, well, okay, New York yeah, Times takes it seriously. Yeah. Oh, well, AOC takes this seriously. Right. You know, here it is in Congress. Right. So, yeah, this whole thing is a big win for the UFO community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you drill down to it, there's not much there. Oh, my God, there's nothing there. I was informed. Okay, so listen. Anonymous sources. 
People deal with them all the time. You got an anonymous source here. Okay, fine. When someone's like your very first anonymous source, you might actually need them to stay anonymous. If this were the very first person to Mm -hmm. ever be like, hey, I've got something crazy. I think there was a visitor from another planet. The United States government is covering up and I have the proof. Protect me. You'd probably protect that person. Mm -hmm. Very first time. Don't know what's going on here. There's no reason for him to make it up. He wouldn't get this story from elsewhere in his culture. So there's no through Mm -hmm. line there. Mm -hmm. When it's like the millionth person, you're like, John, listen, if we're going to go to Congress with this, I need you on the record. Yeah. And constantly, constantly throughout this, I had to make my own little acronym for it. He would make these phrases that I called CSMIP, could say more in private. So Mm. I counted 20 of these where someone would ask him a question and he would say, well, if we can talk securely in private, I can give you those names. I can give you that information. I can tell you who to look into Uh. this with. Okay. And Hmm. already Representative Burchett, who started all of this uh, with Representative Luna, was really upset, as was Matt Gates, that they had requested before this hearing, apparently, to sit in a skiff, a a controlled environment with security clearance so that he could speak freely to them. Grush could tell them all of these extra stories, and they were denied. It was refused to them, which... I can only assume there was more story to that why Mm. that that was restricted or turned down. But they were using that as like a constant refrain. Well, okay, we need to, we're demanding, that was one of the main thrusts of the congressional hearing, is that we're demanding that later on we get the chance to sit down with him and ask him all these important things that he can't say in public. But that's where all like the data was. Everything that was information about who has this story, what the government did to cover things mm-hmm. up, whether we have craft or not, or whether we have alien bodies or not. It was always just coyly hidden behind, well, I could tell you more if we could be speaking oh, I confidentially. See, I see. Right. And that's where I feel like this felt like a confidence scam to me. You know, like he had already bit off the confidence of other people, and now he in turn was playing a confidence game, telling them, okay, well, if you can, if we can talk securely, I can give you all the goods. And so what do you think he wants out of that? Just to, to pass the buck, get a few more minutes? I mean, he could just legitimately believe that all these stories are true. How could all these people be lying about this? Because mm-hmm. you get your numbers game, like, well, how could this many people be right. making up stories like this? And then you get the, the confidence thing of like, well, what would be that person's motivation to lie about mm-hmm. this? And maybe not think about stories corrupting over time and other motives that aren't necessarily nefarious. It's okay, a, a so second order confidence scheme. Oh, I see. I see. Possibly unintentional. Right. I think. He, oh, you're really focusing on the word confidence, like yeah. like the, the, the effect of his certainty on mm-hmm. the rest of the room. I see. Oh, OK. That's an, I don't think of, of that when I hear con man. OK. And that's why yeah. I, I feel like I can say like. Most of the people involved here are probably well-intentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Jarrett Hill. And I'm Trevo Anderson. And we want to know, have you ever had mixed feelings about the things that you love? Ooh, maybe about the things that you hate? Then Fantai is the show for you. Fantai is the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. You might have conflicting feelings about Kamala Harris or mm-hmm. propaganda or mm-hmm. interracial friending. Mm-hmm. That's all right, because we do too. And we get into it every single Thursday. Catch this slay where the audio at MaximumFun.org. That's MaximumFun.org slash Fantai. That's F-A-N-T-I. Come get all this good good. Or this great great. 
So we've covered a lot of kind of what went on, and I'm just going to go a bit through my notes of the hearing itself and bring up additional things that happened. Okay. Representative Grothman, I don't recall how they pronounced his name. He was the chairman of this, so he was kind of running it, older gentleman. And he mentioned a bunch of people that weren't on this committee that they had invited to come participate for the day just because they seemed to be interested in the conversation. Overall, like I said, we had like 16 people asking questions from the uh, House of Representatives. Uh, So Grothman said that he himself had read the 1976 book Flying Saucers, Serious Business. Oh, okay. that's what had like inspired him as a teenager to take all this seriously. Mm, Okay, Serious Business suggested to me like it's about the industry around it, but no. I think it even had from his brief description of it that it had overtones of we need governmental openness on this topic. Okay, do you want to hear the description? Yeah. Flying Saucers, Serious Business by Frank Edwards. In Flying Saucers, Serious Business, America's most popular paranormal spokesperson, Frank Edwards, Hmm. collates the latest information on UFOs and theorizes about the shocking possible conclusions, including what the next UFO phase might be and its implications for the future of the human race. Fascinating. I know the power of a good conspiracy theory mm-hmm. adjacent book, you know, on a young adult mind. Mm-hmm, sure. Because it sure worked on me. He also mentioned that Gerald Ford had had a UFO sighting in 1966. Mm, I, w- I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that. And apparently that had started uh, a previous round of congressional action on UFOs. And it's been like a 50 year gap since then, essentially. Um, And then, as most of us know, in 1969, Jimmy Carter had a UFO sighting. Right. So they were- My favorite president. Ah, yeah. Good good choice. Thank you. Fuck you, guinea worm. If (laughs) guinea worm is listening to this show, just turn it off. I don't even like you. Oh, we hate you, guinea worm. You fucking suck. (laughs) Jimmy Carter's going to kick your ass. That was a regular refrain that other presidents have drawn attention to this. You know, Trump had been pro-transparency on this. Even Biden, though a few representatives had some negative things to say about like Biden's handling of the Chinese balloon and the other items, Mm. objects that were shot down. Representative Burchett, again, one of the organizers of this whole thing, he highlighted this 2012 report that he wanted everyone to read called Advanced Space Propulsion Based on Vacuum Space-Time Metric Engineering. Oh, no. It turns out it was, you know, like a credible talk just about how we might use the vacuum of space as an energy source. Oh, I see. I, I said, oh, no, because my brain couldn't even follow the sentence. Yeah. Okay. No, that was one of those ones I had him say that again. Yeah. Say that again. Okay. Okay. Now I got all the words and I looked it up and, you know, sure enough. Yeah. Okay. This is just a science thing. But he was just trying to make the point like, hey, this technology is out there and maybe the Mm. aliens are using something like this. Oh, I see. Okay. Maybe. You never know. Uh, He mentioned that other Congress people have told him that they've seen UFOs, but even some of them were reluctant to talk about it. Uh, Sorry, who's speaking right now? Uh, Burchett. Burchett. So some, oh, other Congress. Got it. The leader of this whole thing. Yeah, Republican from Tennessee. Other congressmen who aren't here today have also told him that they've seen that. Okay. Yeah, All but right. didn't want to like attach their names to it. Yeah. But like famously, uh, Harry Reid, who used to be like the Democratic majority leader, he was a believer in UFOs and he talked about it and, you know, gave money towards investigating them. So it, it's not like the government's been derelict in this topic. 
Also, you can never discount the possibility that someone told this guy a story that they didn't even feel they were reporting as a UFO. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. But I'm adding that to my list of people. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be two people or it can be 16 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what are they going to do? Like come out publicly and be like, I told him something that sounded right. Like, like I just told you a story about something I saw on the beach. That's where true. I was. I, yeah, I didn't know what it was. But I'm not going to say who, but other co-hosts of this podcast have seen <laughs> things that no, they could not describe yeah, in the nighttime sky. Different. That makes it sound different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But technically true, right, It's Carrie? technically true. <laughs> I, in fact, I would say most things around me are unidentified. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. j- basic categories for them. I don't know whose house that is over there. I don't know what kind of tree this is here. <laughs> Something just flew by. I don't know what it was. Uh-oh, Carrie is uh, wallowing in philosophical doubt. <laughs> It's all unidentified. And Burchett himself even, well, joked that, well, we're, we're not bringing any little green men or flying saucers to this hearing. Sorry. But I'm thinking, well, why not? Because you're making the claim that they're real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there weren't even photos or videos like they had at the last congressional mm-hmm. hearing in 2022. Yeah, bring a little alien flesh. Representative Luna, again, the uh, chief prosecutor of Adam Schiff and 2014's Maxim hometown hottie. Oh, congratulations. Uh, She was citing statistics uh, about how people believe the government is doing a bad job. So she had some numbers of like, a lot of Americans are really unhappy with how we're handling this. And now I'm telling other Americans who can add to those numbers. And she said that there's thousands of eyewitness uh, testimonies and videos taken on phones. And I'm thinking, where are these videos? Hmm. Well, okay, one of their... Claims, though, is that all of these things get classified too easily. Mm, mm -hmm. So what do you think? Could that be right? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that videos that should be made more public aren't. That's why I'd have a hard time because I'm sure there's various considerations about location and military yeah. movements and equipment. It and seems like the problem. I'm, I'm sure there, there's there got to be some happy balance and maybe we're not there. And- well, I'm also thinking your your supervisor might be like... Okay, I can tell that you are in a tizzy about this. You're worried about stigma, blah, 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 blah. I don't want this open to investigation from a bunch of other people where they see your name on it. And maybe it's best for you, my employee, that we like keep this internal. Like they might be thinking something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And she asked, yeah, totally. It is. Uh, But I mean, in principle, I think we agree. Let's make this stuff available. Mm Mm-hmm. I would call for better analysis. Like mm-hmm. if Mick West can, I mean, he's a good investigator, but if he can untangle this all, why didn't it you military? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. let's, mm-hmm. let's do a little better on our video analysis. Maybe like uh, hire some of those folks who mm-hmm. can actually understand a lot about photography Yeah, and, and the equipment that we're using and, and replicate things. That's one of the great things that Mick West will do is like, oh, I got this. Same type of camera, and look, it has a triangular aperture, and I can point at the stars, and I, I get the same triangle green objects that you saw in your UFO video. Mm-hmm. Oh, and look, the, the ones in your video match the location of these stars. So, ta-da, we figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it's the James Randi move, right? If the mm-hmm. magic trick is identical to the magic... Maybe both are tricks. Right. Yeah, uh, Yeah. at least introduce that as a very strong possibility. Uh, she was saying that over 20% of Americans have seen UFOs or UAPs, which totally makes sense to me. I've certainly seen things in the sky where I'm like, whoa. Or, or, yeah. And then maybe, maybe, I, maybe I figure it out a few moments later. Maybe I don't. But like, 
Yeah, it's still cool. But- oh my god! I mean, it'd be like, uh, 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 who say no to this? Yeah, like it's like someone calls you on the phone and is like, "Hi, um, uh, um, take your population survey. Have you ever seen a person you didn't know?" <laughs> Have I what? Yes. Do you think that could be a shadow person? Yeah, I. I, I I guess I have ever seen like a shadowy figure. Yes. I, who is this? <laughs> like who is saying no to this? Just a shadowy voice on the phone. Click. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how it's phrased. Well, like just at uh, summer camp at Camp Quest West, just a couple weeks ago, we were out at game night and all of a sudden, like, there was this uproar and I had to step back from the lodge a bit so I could see over the roof of it. But there was this object that looked like it was coming at us. It looked like a comet. It looked catastrophic. Whoa. Like, oh no, we're all going to die. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, there, and it was a duck. There was that moment of panic. No, it was a rocket launch from Vandenberg Air Force Base. It was Oh, a, whoa. It was yet another Falcon rocket for SpaceX that was going to launch more of these Starlink satellites. Oh, wow. Okay. But, oh, genuine UFO sighting the way they usually happen, just like some other human-made aerial yeah, let me, rocket. I mean, let me show it to you. You're going to think I'm nuts or making this up. I think you're nuts. I don't think I'd notice that. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was bright. I mean, I I see that even now and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess that is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't know. My brain just doesn't do that. Okay. I'm not trying to be interesting. Okay. (laughs) But like, really, I don't know. I just filter it as like, yeah, you don't know what everything is. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) No. All right. I feel like that is not the normal response. Really? Okay. Okay. All right. Then we get to uh, Representative Garcia. He's a Democrat from California and a ranking member on the committee. He mentioned the 2017 New York Times report, and I groaned because, <laughs> yeah, like these things have an yeah. impact. Yeah. It becomes like a stepping stone to a congressional hearing. It clearly, where mm. it's named in the hearing documents, mm-hmm. in the statements. Yeah. And he kept referring to his training as a teacher and a researcher which told him that we should never rule anything out, which, true, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of sign on to that. But you have to then say up to which point, like mm-hmm. how, how much energy do you spend on one topic if you feel like you've kind of addressed it? Mm-hmm. Right, and when do you rule that in as the, the winning theory? Yeah, at some point you do have to like taper off. You, you can't just keep investigating endlessly forever. At some mm-hmm. point you do have to say like, okay, I think we understand this well enough. Uh, at least we get what the probably is here. Yeah, and if you got something new and interesting, we'll take a look at it. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting. They kept quoting Sean Kirkpatrick who we were talking about earlier, he's the head of that Arrow program that's tasked with doing exactly what we're talking about, looking at all of this evidence. Yeah, okay, cool. They've got a budget for it. They've got a director, Sean Kirkpatrick. And (laughs) he had appeared before them not long before and told them, so far, we found no evidence of extraterrestrial life or alien technology. Okay. And so they're like, well, wrap it up, boys. Yeah. He's like, yeah. How do we, how do we deal with that? Oh man. Okay. Yeah. This is like Ken Lanning with the FBI being like, okay, looked, there are no satanic cults. (laughs) Wrap it up. (laughs) Checked every single one. But like you were saying earlier, if you have this kind of assumption in advance of what you're expecting the answer to be, well then whoever doesn't give you the answer you wanted was just not a good researcher. Mm -hmm. So more study needed. Right. It's like diagnosis shopping. So that was kind of thrown at the witnesses multiple times. And Grush did most of the talking. And he would often respond to that with just like, well, I think he's wrong. Mm, okay. 
So now I'm getting this picture of this like sort of higher up government insider who's actually tasked with this, who has more peer review built into his day, more system support. And he's saying, no, I really looked. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. And if I could, I would want to tell you. Yeah. And And, I've got a lot of people who work for me and they agree. And actually, he has a statement that he released after this hearing that we'll read at the end. Okay. And then we have this sort of rogue outsider, former insider saying Mm -hmm. either that guy's lying or he doesn't get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Representative Moskowitz, who's a... Judy? No, not, not. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a Democrat from Florida, I believe. He quotes Chuck Schumer saying that the American public has a right to know about these issues. Uh, he asks, why do we have all these great pictures of foreign jets, but none of these UAPs? And I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, why, buddy? Yeah, let's think about that. Why? But he also then drops the analogy to saying, like, we didn't know there were stealth helicopters. They were only rumored until they got used in Osama bin Laden's capture. Mm. So, you know, there there could be stuff that we're just not aware of because the left hand is not talking to the right. Uh, Sure, but that's like still humans. mm -hmm, The helicopter mm -hmm. didn't come from Mars. And he references, I'm not sure if this was from Arrow or from that UAP task force, but he references like a previous body determining that there were 171 quote unquote uncharacterized instances of sighted objects, meaning we don't have a clear answer for what it was. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All of this is to argue more info needed. Yeah, there's still stuff in the miscellaneous file we must deal with. Also a lot of discussion of satellite imagery. We should have more access to that. And, you know, we should, as Congress people, be able to access Wright-Patterson or Groom Lake, you know, the Area 51. So it was at that point in the hearings that they actually introduced these witnesses. So they each read their opening statements that we've kind of characterized already. They stood, they raised their right hands, they swore to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help them God. And uh, again, read through their statements. So then we get to the actual Q&A. This is where the actual Congress people are like, okay, I heard what you have to say. I heard your little book report. Yeah, here's our questions. Yeah, now we have questions for you. We've made our opening statements. You've talked. Yeah, let's have this out. So he starts with Mr. Graves. That's the former pilot who founded the group of nearly 5,000 people. You're okay with that? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. Nearly 5,000 will do. That's a very large number. Okay. (laughs) So he asks him, do you feel that you and other pilots were actually trained on how to report and respond? And Graves says, no. Fair. I mean, that I'm picking up on that. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to sign off on this This seeming to be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, let's work on this training. And yeah. let's get the reports to be high level, meaning like we've already asked and answered some of the obvious questions by the mm-hmm. time you're reporting. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Let's standardize the data collection process. So mm-hmm. if your employee says they saw such and such, you immediately go for this file with this interview that's structured and been verified and mm-hmm. the best data collecting tool. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. And maybe you talk to them about different things that could explain it. And Graves adds that we as pilots deal with unknowns all the time. We have to be able to uh-huh. quickly tell enemy planes apart. So yeah, this is useful knowledge just in general, even if there are no visiting aliens. Mm-hmm. Grothman, again, the uh, committee chair, asks Grush what kind of information is being hidden from us. So essentially he says like, well, I could tell you more in a secure setting. Oh, right. Both in regards to material acquisition activity 
and baselining UAPs, Baseline but not sharing them. it. Yeah, that was like, oh, you just love to talk in jargon, don't you? What does that mean, baselining them? I feel like I understood at the time, and now I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> the material acquisition activity I get, like that they have materials. Yeah, like they're taking samples from it or something. Okay, baselining, a method of assessing network performance or behavior by comparing it to a historically derived baseline. Okay, so I think he's saying like get basic data on these UAPs so that like then we can compare them one to another. Okay. I think so. So then we have Representative Garcia asking Graves about these 30 pilots that he's referenced. He tells this crazy story about, I think it was off the coast of Virginia, maybe in reference to this earlier story, but he was saying that there was an upgrade that had gone out to these planes where their radar had been, I don't know, point upgraded in their software. And all of a sudden, all of them were seeing more blips. And they were having sightings. And the way he was telling it, it made it sound like he didn't think like, oh, this software upgrade just made the equipment more sensitive or report more false positives. Mm. Instead, he seemed to be saying like, all of a sudden we were noticing all of these actual aerial phenomena. Oh, I see. So, I don't know, my brain went one way and his brain went the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garcia asked to clarify, do you believe that the government has UAPs? And Grush says... Yes, based on interviewing over 40 witnesses, and then they want to know, like, locations. Where's the government holding these things? Great question. Sure, I want to know about the 40 people first, but okay. Sure, yeah, that too. But he says that he already provided those locations to the inspector general, and if we can get behind a secure skiff, I'll tell you more about Mm. these locations where we have actual unidentified... Again, funny to use that word, recovered alien craft. Oh, right. Yeah. And while they're sitting in front of you for hours and hours, you'd think you'd figure it out. But this (laughs) bugs the heck out of me. Okay. This is totally inconsistent. You're clamoring over pixels and, and blurry objects, you know, that you think you might have caught on this video you've got an actual spacecraft hidden somewhere snap a pic who cares about any of this video stuff you have the freaking craft yeah yeah, why are we talking about any of this right yeah good point get a pic bring that out yeah totally you can get a clear picture of that yeah give me a break totally well but i guess they're saying like oh no it's so deeply classified whatever but listen if if snowden can get shit out (laughs) you can do it yeah i just uh, i don't believe those stories exist in the same universe of reality of course you can just barely capture something that might be of alien craft but then you actually have in your possession yeah in multiple air force bases the real craft And how many people would that conspiracy actually take? Far more than 40. Yeah. I mean, we got to be talking, what, hundreds of thousands of people who have worked for the government over the last however many decades who are keeping this a secret? Right. 40? On all their- 40? And all through one guy? All on their deathbeds, they haven't said anything or shared photos. And yeah, what do these crafts you've recovered look like? Are they giant propane tanks? Are they black or gray cubes barely contained within a clear sphere? (laughs) Are they saucers? Are they crescents that skip like saucers? Are they cigarette shaped? Are they little threads that come out of open wounds in people's arms? (laughs) I mean, people think that. Nice Morgellons throwback, yeah. But people think that's aliens. They Um, think that is an alien technology. Amazing. Yeah. Are they... Football field sized red floating squares. 
that comes up later too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carrie's looking at me like, I, uh, are yes, they? Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good specifics. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. sh- sure, you could have a whole fleet of different craft and objects, but the strains credulity a bit the, the more that you get in the mix. Yeah. And referencing earlier that uh, he was, I think, trying to sound less crazy here in other interviews. And he even references this a, a few times that he was on uh, News Nation with a fuller interview where he said even wilder things like he was talking about multiple alien races that have visited that didn't come up in this testimony. And I feel like that would have made the whole thing seem a little more suspicious if we're talking about like multiple races of aliens, mm. the congressional hearing never went into that territory. Okay. But he did in that news nation interview. And of mm-hmm. course we've seen it ad nauseum mm-hmm. at our UFO conferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You think that that would be too obvious to people? Oh, wait a second. What's going on here? You're talking about like grays and Nordics and yeah. stuff like that. That too, never too came specific. up. Too specific. Yeah. 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 The, never once was like the phrase grays uttered or, mm. you know, anything describing alien races, though he might have done that sort of shuffle where he says, well, talk to me under a secure skiff and I'll yeah. tell you more. Yeah. Gosh, this is all sounding a lot like the satanic ritual abuse crowd. Yeah, similar, trying to get credit for the presentation of information while really hiding the meat of it, like mm-hmm. getting credit for the flavor of the information. Right. And without producing specifics. If you want to actually talk to those people, well, I guess I could sort of do that, but let's have more conversations. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Talk to the intermediary longer. Right. For now, this is my 10 minutes of fame, so mm-hmm. give it to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Burchett has some more questions for Graves about like how he knew that what he saw wasn't ours. And so he had more stories about those uh, off the coast of Virginia. Uh, I think it was that um, like they had been able to remain stationary in hurricane force wind. They were accelerating up to Mach 1. So he had like all these amazing stories. Uh, Fravor was reiterating, oh, yeah, what I saw was definitely past our capabilities. That was 2004. But even now, we don't have plans for planes like that even 10 years out. Uh, Okay. I mean, yeah, you don't even know what you saw, and now you're deciding exactly what its properties are and how it compares to today's technology and how it compared to tomorrow's technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have those questions about like whether you've been retaliated against. Yeah. And that's where both Graves and Grush are like, oh, yeah, Graves, I've heard about that a lot. And Grush, like, oh, yeah, like I've been intimidated, all mm-hmm. kinds. And then you have Fravor over on the side being like, nope, happy go lucky over here. Nobody bothered me. My life is good. Actually, I'm the guy who tried. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. Representative Jamie Raskin was the next one to ask questions. And I don't know. I like Jamie Raskin. Mm-hmm. He's like on the Thomas Paine Society and everything. Ah. So it's like, I don't know what kind of questions I would want the uh, representatives to ask, but they weren't the questions I would have been asking if, sure. I, if I were there on that panel. They got to get us on the panel. Yeah. Yeah. Get us in. Yeah. 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 Or McWest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got some questions. (laughs) (laughs) So Raskin wanted to know, like, was this just on the East Coast? I guess Mm -hmm. he missed that that one story was off the coast of San Diego. And uh, Graves said, no, no, everywhere there are military operations all over the world, commercial pilots as well. He was always trying to remind us commercial pilots are seeing these things too. Mm. Um, And Arrow has been collecting all of this data. I see that in Graves' statement, FAA regulations direct pilots to make reports 
when they see things they can't explain. Yeah. That makes sense. Great. Uh, Raskin asks him, are there common attributes between these sightings? Which I thought was a great question. And Graves Got talked- a baseline. Yeah, Graves talked about that whole dark gray slash black object inside the clear spheres, mm-hmm. which I thought- all right. Well, that's not common, obviously, because it was just one. Well, he was referencing there having been multiple sightings like that. Oh, for Lord's sake. But even within this hearing, we're hearing about one. M- multiple different UFO descriptions. Right. But and the only one for which we have like a description mm-hmm. is one. And it has a second person whose point of view we don't hear. It doesn't seem bad like sourcing a common attribute. And Raskin underscores the point that like, hey, there would be bipartisan support against any kind of retaliation. So points we've all agreed to already. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, by all means, you should all feel free to share these stories if you have them. Luna gets the mic again and uh, she asks, to your knowledge, are NHIs working with adversarial governments or other programs? And And non-human entities? Non-human intelligence. Yeah. And it's interesting. She didn't feel the need to unpack that. Yeah. It wasn't until much later that someone like spelled out non-human intelligence. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I did that. I guess I'm just like so informed that it just... (laughs) Oh, I just... Oh Oh my God. Happened already. I didn't even hear that jargon coming out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does say something that she's tossing off the phrase NHI. It sounds like she's a true believer. Yeah. When she's not going after Adam Schiff, she's studying UAP literature. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And so uh, Grush wouldn't even sign on to that, that like other governments are somehow working with these aliens or Mm. what have you. And Grush was careful. He didn't want to say alien. He did prefer... Was it even non-human intelligence? Yeah, but he just wanted to at least leave it broadly open in case there were other technologies or, you know, interdimensional beings or something like that involved. She was the one who asked him then what happened at Vandenberg. And that's when he describes the large 100-yard on each side red square that came from the ocean and hovered over the Vandenberg facilities. It remained there 45 seconds and then darted over the mountains, but came back later in the day. Like a football field-sized red object. Hmm. And the size of a football field, again, is me accounting for distance. Uh (laughs) Atmospheric perspective, maybe it's turned a little blue or something like that. But what he might have seen might have been a couple centimeters. Could be. Well, apparently multiple personnel saw it and said that it was moving in a threatening manner towards them. Oh, see. Yeah. Okay. Representative Luna also mentioned the gimbal and go fast videos, which mm, yeah, I've heard of these. Came up in the conversation with Mick West uh, when I had him oh, on the show Oh, that's why I've before. heard of these. Yeah, she was asking about what had happened at the end of one of the videos. Apparently, it had been cut a little bit earlier, and there was supposed to be extra footage where like it moved very quickly. So Graves mentioned like some instability either in the camera or the craft, and said that there was more info on radar. So okay, hmm. and then Luna wanted to make the point. This was less of a question just her saying that it seems like corporations are putting their interests ahead of the needs of the american public supposedly they know more than they're sharing oh corporations too yeah corporations got put on notice and grave said it would seem so oh well i want to know more about that because they're not under security clearance yes because uh when AOC gets to ask her questions later. She takes up a very similar thread about corporations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moskowitz gets the mic again. He asks if this craft made a sonic boom when it approached Mach 1. You know, decent question. But 
Graves says, well, when you're in a jet, it's pretty loud. You can't hear stuff like that. So, Oh, know. wow. <laughs> when you're in a jet, you're in a jet all the way. <laughs> That's right. From your first cigarette-shaped craft yeah. to the Milky Way. I don't know. Uh, he asks Grush about like whether he has direct knowledge of non-human origin craft. And Grush says, yes, I've personally interviewed individuals who have told me that. <laughs> Who? What are their names? Tell me about it. I will if we get under a secure uh, skiff. Okay. But I can't do that in public. So he, is he saying he's not allowed to give that information except? Yeah, it hasn't okay. been approved by the by that review board with the Perfo horrible acronym name. Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, I guess that could be the situation. Again, like 20 different times he would answer with, oh, I could tell you all kinds of things about that in private. Well, I hope they have these conversations. <laughs> There's a representative Fox, a Republican from New York, and she also mentions that Sean Kirkpatrick, director of Arrow, previously testified there's been no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity or off-world technology brought to the attention of the office. Is that incorrect? And Grush says, it is not correct, as far as I know. Individuals I've talked to also talk to him, so I don't know where the disconnect is. As far as he knows, because he's talked to people who claim they have talked to that person. So, like, they told me these stories, and I know they talked to him, so they should have told him those stories as well. So I don't know why he's saying that, okay. essentially. Um, and I, then, I guess this guy has his hands tied if this is really the situation. Right, which is why I can say, like, well, he might just be well-intentioned. And he's doing the best he can with the information he has and what he's allowed to speak about. Yeah. Uh, but he felt that this was worth whistleblowing on. But yeah, these people asking these questions better go follow up on this offer to show them in secret. I would follow up. Which all of them do demand at the end. Okay. Like, okay, well, we need to get the whatever security needs to be worked out here, work it out so we can talk to him. We should write to whoever plans to meet with them, right? And see if they actually get to. These that's congress fun. people or whatever that'd be great to know yeah yeah i mean shooting forward a little bit my prediction is as always happens nothing will come of this mm -hmm. uh, maybe they will have a follow-up discussion or something but then none of the evidence will be that compelling or material and then we'll have another hearing in another two years mm -hmm. and then there will be calls for a new body to investigate this until they get what it is they're looking for but see now i'm excited this is where yeah. my bread and butter is. give me those documents sure let's see them who did you talk to where are they can we find them yeah. That's the goods. But we had this whole show trial without, yeah, without any, that. Yeah. Any of that having to exist even. Right, right. So um, I'm all I'm all with you. Yeah. But do I think that'll ever happen? No. But listen, Congress people, if you were told to follow up, mm -hmm. you follow up. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Like if they actually get to talk to this guy and get him to give these answers that he can't give in public. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could be there just to see like their reactions when he starts talking about the multiple races of aliens and stuff <laughs> right, like that. Right, right. Uh, oh, right. Then Representative Fox, uh, she went off on this like tirade about how the Biden administration has been an embarrassment and flip-flopping and obfuscation Good. About. This seems like the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then we have a uh, young, uh, I think the youngest representative in the House of Representatives. I think he's the first Gen Z ah. member, Maxwell Frost, a Democrat from Florida. And 
I don't know. He, he just had some nice statements to say that was kind of like general support for how this is of interest to the scientific community and how NASA can be involved. Apparently, NASA is also preparing a report on extraterrestrial life. Everybody's doing it right now. Like, mm-hmm. it, cool. Not like this isn't getting enough attention. But he mentions that he flies gliders. And he just can't imagine if someone told him he couldn't report on what he saw while gliding. Okay, I think this is just a good excuse for you to mention that you fly gliders. What's a glider? <laughs> oh, it's like a hang glider, you know, like... Oh, oh, I see. You're up in the air, but it's kind of a recreational <laughs> thing. I like, why mention that? But, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I see. He's like, I, I, I like the air also. Yeah, right. I've also been up in the sky. <laughs> Haven't seen anything, but wouldn't it be weird if someone told me not to say anything about it? Anyways. Call on me, call on me. I was on a plane. <laughs> they were nice sentiments he shared. <laughs> You mentioned earlier that uh, Grush felt that all of this goes back to the 1930s. That came up in a line of questioning with Burchett. Burchett also said, I'd love to hear where all of these crash retrievals are, Mm -hmm. but we already know there's nothing at Area 51 anymore. And geez, if we say we're going to go check out one of these other bases, you know that the moving trucks will be there the second we say that. Mm. So a little bit of conspiracy theory there. But Grush couldn't give any specific answers except, well, I can give you all this when we talk privately. Can't wait. Matt Gates finally gets to talk, and he was uh, very upset that I, I just can't believe you're not that familiar with Matt Gates. I've definitely heard the name. Oh, okay. Anyways, he's this horrible man child and like a big defender of Trump and just a general troublemaker. Mm. Really obnoxious. Okay. About as obnoxious as you can imagine. Anyway, so he was uh, really upset that he and two other of these Congress people had shown up at an Air Force base in Florida, Eglin Air Force Base, and it said, like, show us what you got. And they're like, uh, no. And he's like, what? But I'm a congressperson. You have to show us everything. So, I don't know. He probably just went about it the wrong way, and now he's throwing a big fit. Hmm. That's what he likes to do. I see. Uh, I'll skip a few representatives, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay. Democrat from New York. Um, So she said, first of all, this is a panel for protecting and hearing whistleblowers, so we respect you and thank you for your service. Mr. Grush, you sat on the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Task Force, and she said you named Boeing contractors involved in football field-wide UAP interactions. Uh, Is this common for interactions with contractors? And Graves said, well, I've heard that from witnesses. And she asked, do they engage in reporting? And Grush said, not that I'm aware of. And she said, well, Hmm. we've seen defense contractors abuse their roles. When they say they reported incidents to Congress, do you know how they did that? Like, how did they report it to Congress? Great. Great question. Yeah. Uh, So Grush had some, I don't know, used a bit of jargon. Like, for IRAD activities, they report through SAP. Okay. Mm. I didn't look all that up. And it comes through PPR, the Periodic Review. So AOC says... So in your experience, what data should we prioritize? Should we be looking at dates? Should we be looking at time? Yeah, Yeah, another good question. And Graves says, look for kinematics, like how the objects are moving. And especially we want to know like where they were first observed and where they ended up. Okay. All right, sure, fine. Yeah, as long as you're actually using what you see with your eyes and not doing funky math where you're like, well, I'm pretty sure it was 40,000 feet away. So uh-huh. start over here and then yeah, yeah. over here. Well, no. here, here's what we know and how from, yeah, which type of equipment. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, so she asked another good question. If you were me, where would you look? Would you look at titles, programs, departments, regions? Like what kind of info should I be digging up mm-hmm. uh, to get to the bottom of this? 
And uh, Grush says, well, I'd be happy to give you that in a closed environment. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. AOC, give us a call. Let us know if you got that closed environment. And she kept apologizing because each of these representatives were given five minutes to have a conversation, essentially. And then it gets passed off to the next person. So anyway, so she had to yield her time, but felt like from both her and Raskin, there was this kind of like, okay, want to know more. How do we get at appropriate information? Yeah, for this? great. Yep. That's, that's a good response. Responsible. There was a representative named Biggs from Arizona, and he mentioned the Phoenix Lights case because that's a famous one in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And Grush said, ah, I mean, I wasn't involved in that one. That was before my time. So nothing beyond what's been reported publicly. I know what you're talking about, but sorry, no extra info. I kind of like this guy, uh, Representative Burleson from uh, Missouri. He said, hey, I'm from the show me state. We like to see evidence. (laughs) So I'm suspicious of lots of things I hear in this town. But are you saying there are extraterrestrials? (laughs) (laughs) And Grush said, essentially, he was saying like, yes, but I can't tell you more right now. Okay. So Burleson asked him, well, what about spacecraft? And again, oh, I could answer that behind closed doors. Well, how about bodies? And Grush says, not something I've personally witnessed. Which is weird because you haven't personally witnessed anything. Any of this. Yeah. You've heard stories, right? But you don't want to talk about it right now, do you? Right. I feel like that was a bit of an artful dodge. Yeah, you haven't witnessed any of this. So it, it, it seems like, well, I I want to leave room for a body to show up, mm. but I'm not quite claiming that yet. Yeah, I, I feel like he knows of stories of bodies, but he wants to downplay that particular piece of data oh, right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. It makes him sound a little less credible. Oh, but because, yeah, you said that bodies do actually come up yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, in his interviews with the News Nation. Okay. Like there, he even talked about like this craft that, or at least uh, one of the lawyers involved uh, for this same sighting referenced that the interior was incredibly larger than the exterior. Oh, yes. I've heard this claim before. <laughs> yeah. And we'll encounter him at uh, Contact in the Desert. I don't know what to make of that claim. Uh, Again, Burleson, to his credit, from the Show Me State, he said, so, okay, you're talking about craft that have arrived here from light years away, and then what, they crash? That seems a little (laughs) far-fetched to me. I was like... Good on you for yeah. at least bringing this up. Yeah. And what's this whole thing about like multidimensionality? Have you been talking about that in other forums? <laughs> <laughs> Are these multidimensional beings? And so Grush says, well, you know, crashes happen all the time with our own systems. You know, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But they have like supposedly incredibly advanced technology mm-hmm. getting past mm-hmm. their world and into ours and grush who uh, a few times brags that he's degreed in physics mm. i love these little drops of like well and i'm even trained in this he says well you know i can't speak too much to the multidimensionality thing but i think the general idea is the holographic principle oh that you can have you know like 3d objects uh casting shadows onto a 2d surface something like that oh i see that okay the- <laughs> so the aliens are 3D? Multidimensional beings. Maybe they're 5D. The way I am? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I do cast like, a shadow. Uh, yeah, it's that whole holographic universe thing. So the idea is that maybe that's how they're traveling so fast is that they're breaching space-time because they have some higher dimensional control. Yeah, maybe. But he, Or maybe sometimes we don't know what we're looking at. He doesn't go into details on that because, again, I think the show-me state guys making him a little uncomfortable with these questions. This is reminding me of the time that I was with my friend Mike in his apartment. And he goes, do you hear that? And I listen and I hear the sound. And I'm like, yeah, is that a shower? He's like, yeah, someone's showering up there. And I was like, yeah, now that you mentioned it, someone's showering up there. And he's like, 
that person goes to work every day and is not home right now. And I think that there is a ghost in that apartment. Oh, wow. Who turns on the shower and uses it. And I was like, Mike, which is more likely? (laughs) You don't know your neighbor's schedule or (laughs) humans survive their deaths. I thought this was. Haunt their apartments and turn on the shower. Anyway. Everybody needs this voice in their life. Oh my god. He admitted. Goodness. He admitted. Option okay. two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Good yeah. on Mike. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean this all feels like that. You're like, oh my god, maybe they travel dimensions and then they like go through the space time to continue and then uh-huh. they're five D. Maybe. What if you saw something and you didn't know what it was? So Representative Burleson, the Republican from Missouri, is right there with us because the next thing out of his mouth is so Occam's razor. <laughs> These aircraft that have been retrieved, I mean, have they been identified as maybe being created by domestic manufacturers? Okay, yeah, good. And Grush says, well, not to my knowledge do we have like these capabilities. Wait, what? Like, not to my knowledge, like not made by humans because there's- Oh, have the capabilities to make them. Yeah, yeah. I see, I see. Um, sure, yeah. It's just too too complicated for man. And Burleson also throws out, well, maybe we retrieve something that was produced by a different program that we're just not aware of, either domestic or international. Uh-huh. Right, right. And Grush Maybe we don't says, know the limits of human intelligence. Yeah, maybe, right. And Grush says, well, not that I'm aware of. That hasn't happened. So I, I was a big fan of this Burleson guy's line of questioning. Yeah, but, totally. Way to go, buddy. Brass tacks. Gates has another little hissy fit about not being led into to the base when and where he wanted to be. There's a uh, young representative, Mace, from South Carolina, Republican woman. She she asks, do you believe that the government has been in contact with extraterrestrials? And Grush says, what do you think? Yes. I cannot discuss this in a public setting. Oh, sure. Of course. How did I, <laughs> I forgot that was an option. Yeah. And he doesn't want to uh, go there. And she says, uh, okay, so I can't ask you when this occurred then. Uh, well, do we have bodies? Actually, I was impressed that he actually answered this. He said, as I stated in my News Nation interview, biologics came along with the retrievals. Mm. So again, he's using like the like, I'm very specialized and I'm going to use the term biologics instead of alien bodies. But, you know, at least that was a little more forthright than he'd been about everything else. I guess it could be spit or something, something that's like of the body, but not the body. Fingerprints. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's a fair point. Uh, So she asks, uh, do you have evidence like photos? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he said, "Uh, I'd have to talk to you in a skiff. Oh, he did this 20 times. Why even have a Q&A? You have no A's. Right, right. But you get the impression of legitimacy. That's yeah. all you really need. I mean, I guess uh, this is this is better than not having it. But boy, I hope these people follow up. I know. Yeah. And she asked a great question here. Who do we need to call in to talk to? Like, you've talked to all these yeah. people. Can we talk to them? Yeah. That, can we check your sources? And he says, I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list. Okay. And she says, Okay. When can you send this to me? And he says, I'm happy to provide that after this hearing. Okay. So presumably they have the info now. Do so they? Who was the name of the person who asked him and he said he'd send it to her? Miss Mace. Uh, Miss Mace. Republican from South Carolina. Okay. Let's see if we can reach her. Yeah. Yeah. Did he give you that list? Yeah. Miss M A S E. M A S E from where? South Carolina. Okay. Cool. Uh, Nancy Mace. Okay. Representative Ogles? Ogles? 
I don't know, it's spelled like someone who stares at you lasciviously mm-hmm. uh, from Tennessee. Uh, he asked a, I don't know, reasonable line of questions about like, do you think that these things you're seeing that are near our military craft, do you think that they're doing some kind of reconnaissance on us? Oh, right. Yeah. Why are they here? All of them were like, yeah, reasonable. Could be. Could be. <laughs> and he said, do you think they're probing our capabilities, looking for vulnerabilities? Is this an existential threat? And they're all like, yeah, could, could be. be. <laughs> could be. I don't know. Let's see if you know the answer to the next one. Do you think they're interested in our nuclear capabilities? Could be. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Yep, absolutely. Could be. Everyone turns to each other. They're like, hey, did your psychology evolve on the savannah? Hey, mine too. Are you really paranoid in groups? Yeah, me too. Wow, I never thought about it like that. That's great, Jane. Yep. <laughs> we have no more information. Totally. Do you have any indication that the Department of Energy is collecting information on the same phenomena? Like they have their own independent sourcing of information. And Grush said, I could not confirm or deny in a public setting. Okay. Uh, but could be. But could you in a private setting? Could be. Yes. So that was Ogles, and he said that, like, I'm motivated. Like, I want this info. We need to get access to talk to you in a skiff, and I'm going to use the Holman rule if I have to against anyone that tries to prevent me Ooh, from doing this. So Holman rule? What's that? I have no idea. No, I didn't look it up. No. Did you say, I don't work here? No. Oh, <laughs> he said, I don't know. I don't work here. <laughs> the Holman rule is a rule in the United States House of Representatives that allows amendments to appropriations legislation that would reduce the salary of or fire specific federal employees or cut a specific program. Oh, so like, I'm going to get you fired. Oh. Oh. Or re- reduce your salary. Yeah, okay. If you get in my way. Who was saying this? Representative Ogles from Tennessee. Was saying, if I don't get this information, I'll use it. Yeah, if someone tries uh-huh. to get in my way, this okay. is what I'm going to do to them. Because uh, okay. wow. we, we need this important info. Ooh. Because, yeah, it's big if true. Huge if true. Yeah. World changing. Absolutely. A guy heard a thing. But if it's true, the thing is world changing. Uh, Burchett got the mic again, and he asked Grush about whether he was aware of anybody working on reverse engineering technology from non-human sources. Grush said yes. And then Burchett asked something about like them being injured. And I think this was like a separate News Nation interview find that he'd mentioned something about people being injured while working with extraterrestrial Mm. technology. But that wasn't, I don't think that was quite unpacked in the hearing. And uh, he said, well, I can't be specific, but it has to do with accessing something that's unknown and having unexpected consequences. Burchett asked him, how should we handle these whistleblower complaints in the future? Good Mm. question. And Grush essentially spoke to like these different committees not talking to each other. You just need to share information better. Okay. okay, something you hear a lot about government. So that was it for all the five-minute segments. They gave a few people like an additional three minutes to ask questions. Most of this is stuff we've already kind of talked about. It does come back to Burchett at one point, and he loves telling personal stories. Like at one point, he stopped to acknowledge his wife and make some jokes about their their relationship, but says like, it's our ninth anniversary today. Hi, honey. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then he is talking to Fravor, about his dad being a Marine. My dad was a Marine. You're a Marine. Hey, hey buddy. Hoorah. Semper Fi? <laughs> yep. Hey. Yeah, very good. And my dad was a Marine as well, actually. Yeah. And he's uh, got a Semper Fi sticker on his truck. What if you were in the Marines and you were just okay with it? And so you say Semper Fine. <laughs> You're not sure how you feel about your service. Uh-huh. Not totally sorry. Not totally proud. I don't know if there's market Semper for a, t- a t-shirt for that. <laughs> 
But but I thought this was interesting. He had a question for Fravor. I can't remember the exact flavor of the question for Fravor, but it was something like, how do we be great like you? <laughs> Fravor said something like, my advice is don't try to make the fish bigger than it was. Write the facts down. I was like, I Whoa. like that. This is coming from the huh. guy who saw the 40-foot propane tank. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the spirit of what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I think Yeah, that could be... And hey, maybe he's hot. I don't know. But Who knows? He's saying the right thing. Oh, you're attracted to him. Okay. Yeah. That's, maybe he's hot. That's the takeaway. Okay. Yeah, that's so interesting. So he probably thinks he's done that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He thinks he's done that. So he doesn't even realize that when he says 40 foot whatever, that he's actually making a bunch of calculations to say that. Yeah. Like that he does he, those so quickly that he doesn't. He might be telling us he caught a 12 foot fish. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even know that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So there were a lot of junior representatives involved in this, like people new to government. And one of them was Garcia, who's a ranking member in this committee. Uh, he thanked everyone who was a witness and said, this takes a lot of courage. Thank you for your service to our country. He thanks all the people who helped put this together and organize it and all the participants and the staff and said, this is the most bipartisan discussion that I've seen in Congress in my seven months here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, swing and miss. But, you know, I got to say, they were all in one accord. I didn't see any partisan sniping. Yeah, Um, I shouldn't. Seven months is a long time to be in Congress, but it's cute. (laughs) I'm expecting 15 years. (laughs) I thought it was cute, too. Uh, And, you know, that could hold the record for a while. Maybe he won't see something so bipartisan. Uh, So he underscores that, you know, this is important to put in the public record. I know we're asking you a lot of questions you've already answered in other forums. Mm -hmm. Thank you, though, for entering it here, even though. Goodness, there was so much evasion from Grush. Right. Lots of cues. Very few A's. But as a longtime teacher and researcher, he says again, I believe in following facts and pursuing science. Hell yeah. Transparency is important. And uh, that was it. About two hours and 10 minutes after they'd started, they adjourned. And uh, that was the congressional testimony. Clap, 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 clap. We've lived it. Well, you three boys did a very good job on your book report. Thank you for coming. <laughs> um, one of those reports, by the way, one of those testimonies has some very bad copy-paste errors in it. Oh, yeah. You, some passages that are basically exactly the same a few inches apart. Yeah, you caught some uh, very funny uh, duplications there and also like a placeholder <laughs> that Graves had left. In his, yeah. yeah, so they made available on the congressional website their witness statements that they mostly read in person there. But yeah, you you found a couple really good <laughs> snippets. Yeah, in Graves, it says on page five of five, and this is the full sentence. Dr. Kirkpatrick has also indicated that eyewitness testimony something... And something is in all caps, like he was going to fill this in later, but he submitted it to Congress. Yeah, if I write something in all caps, I'll remember later to do a word search for something, because that's what I always do. And then I replace that with the specific criteria. <laughs> Wouldn't you love if one of Grush's contacts that he turns over to the congressional inquiry is Linda Moulton Howe? Oh, please let it be so. It's not impossible. <laughs> Actually, I guess don't let it be. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want anymore. (laughs) And on page three of Graves's statements, he repeats the same like line and a half Mm -hmm. text two inches apart from each other. Barely changes it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you say he made some Graves errors? (laughs) Some Graves errors. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think this thing was even 
read over before it was submitted. Okay, so I promised that I would read the response from Sean M. Kirkpatrick, PhD, director of Arrow, Mm. to this hearing. Mm -hmm. So he wrote, Let me begin by saying that the following are my own personal observations and opinions. Yesterday, the Subcommittee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs held an open hearing on UAP during which a government cover-up of extraterrestrials was alleged. I wholeheartedly applaud congressional efforts to get the truth about what UAP are and the risks to both pilot safety and national security. I am also absolutely committed to transparency on both the historical mission and operational mission. As the director of Arrow's amazingly talented, devoted, and highly motivated team, however, I cannot let yesterday's hearing pass without sharing how insulting it was Oh wow! to the officers of the Department of Defense and intelligence community who chose to join Arrow, many with not unreasonable anxieties about the career risks this would entail, that have been working diligently, tirelessly, and often in the face of harassment and animosity to satisfy their congressionally mandated mission. They are truth seekers, as am I. But you certainly would not get that impression from yesterday's hearing. Mm. Arrow was established by law to investigate the allegations and assertions presented in yesterday's hearing. Allegations by its witnesses of retaliation to include physical assault and hints of murder are extraordinarily serious, which is why law enforcement is a critical member of the Arrow team, specifically to address and take swift action should anyone come forward with such claims. Yet, contrary to assertions made in the hearing, the central source of those allegations has refused to speak with Arrow. Furthermore, some information reportedly provided to Congress has not been provided to Arrow, raising additional questions about the true commitment to transparency mm. by some congressional elements. Interesting. The subcommittee... Who's you, you waited to say it in public and didn't go through the channel mm-hmm. we would expect you to. I see. No. Okay. The subcommittee, whose questions and oversight duties are irreproachable and in genuine need of answers, has never asked Arrow for an update on the reporting system, the historical review, oh, the, gosh. the operations, and the S&T strategy that Arrow leads and is undertaking. Never asked. A rational person watching the hearing might reasonably assume that both the witnesses and the members had an understanding of the department's and the IC's progress since the establishment of Arrow around this time last year, only naturally leading them to conclude that Arrow has been ineffective, non-transparent, and delinquent in its legislated mission. Arrow briefs the defense and intel communities regularly, and since the last NDAA, the Homeland Defense, S&T, and several other committees as well. I am deeply disappointed at the denigration of Arrow's dedicated men and women hailing from the Department of Defense, intelligence community, and civil partners who are pouring their hearts out working this issue on the behalf of Congress. Arrow has the authorities and resources necessary to execute this mission to meet congressional intent, and as we've stated before, Arrow welcomes anyone with knowledge of any of these allegations or programs to talk to us in a safe, secure, and appropriately cleared environment. Mm, I feel like that's a direct comment to Grush, like, hey, talk to us. Rest assured, Arrow will follow the data wherever it leads. Finally, to be clear, Arrow has yet to find any credible evidence to support the allegations of any reverse engineering program for non-human technology. Also, to be clear, none of the whistleblowers from yesterday's hearing ever worked for Arrow or was ever a representative to Arrow, contrary to statements made in testimony and in the media. Did he try to get into the hearing? Not that I know of. Seems. Well, was he even invited? 
Doesn't sound like it. No, I'm saying do you try to I would try to get in whenever yeah. these guys were on the thing. I yeah. would try to get in there. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, that says a lot right there. I feel like Arrow's doing its job, the job that should be done, evaluating all of this information and weighing it critically and against knowledge that we have. I think though that Arrow could take a tip from their opposition here and be like okay but the human mind wants characters and stories Mm -hmm. and i have some and i'm gonna stop putting it just in terms of numbers and data and i'm gonna be like yeah okay listen jack came to me with such and such a story we figured it out it turned out that it was actually a weather balloon Mm -hmm. turned out that it was actually a thing on his windshield or whatever i feel like missing out on those sorts of anecdotes Mm -hmm. is kind of a mistake here though I mean, Arrow's existed for one year and maybe they're still like actively in investigation and data collection mode and maybe they're working on a big report or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, seems like Congress should be talking to them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they did reference that they had had him there before and that he'd already testified that they have no evidence of Mm -hmm. extraterrestrial Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Storytelling is important to people and hopefully that's the end result is that we get something that's memorable and uh, factual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, people have asked me a few times whether there's anything to this hearing. And I only looked at it briefly, so I was like, I don't think so. It seems like one guy is just saying he heard some stuff, but I don't know. I haven't looked at all of it. Now I feel like I have looked at it, and um, I can't believe everyone had to come to work. It's amazing it happened. It shouldn't have. It's a great win for the, the UFO believer crowd. But you think it shouldn't have happened? Not the way it did. Oh, not the way it did. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm all for transparency and everything, but it sounds like it was a real end run around proper procedure. Mm -hmm. And that somebody who's willing to be sensationalist just happened to get the limelight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the time of some important people. Uh Uh-huh. I just hear, I talk to a guy. But, you know, there's bodies and there's technology and, oh, I can tell you so much I've more heard about it. in yeah. another form, not the but one I, that we're at. Not even there's bodies and technology. I've heard that there's bodies and mm-hmm. technology. Okay, so have I now, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not anything. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'm going to stay not being afraid of aliens invading the planet. No need to lose sleep tonight. I just don't think anything's going to come of it. Yeah. In the end. But if you got to meet with this guy, please tell us. Oh, yeah. And if you are one of the people who reported your UAP sighting to him, let us know. Yeah, we don't report to the drop so whatever it is. We don't even know what that means. (laughs) Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join and uh, join a co-op. Yeah. Well, you won't actually own the co-op, but you'll join. Yeah, you'll be directly supporting the co-op and you'll be part of the Maximum Fun family. That's right. MaximumFun.org slash join. Oh, and fun side bit of news. Transcripts are back. Oh, I didn't even know that. Our last few episodes have been transcripted. So many thanks to Maximum Fun transcriptionist, Ash. Thank you, Ash. T-H-A-N-K-Y-O-U. Oh, you make Helping it them. easier for them to yeah, yeah. transcribe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, helpful. Yeah. And remember... What kind of information do you think was hidden and do you think it should remain hidden? Yes, I can speak to that very briefly in an unclassified manner. As you know, the preponderance of my complaint was classified to the intelligence communities. I know the exact locations and, and those locations were provided to the inspector general and some of which to the intelligence committees. I actually had the people with the first-hand knowledge um, provide a protected disclosure to the inspector general.
I have to be careful what I say in detail because there is an open uh, whistleblower reprisal investigation on my behalf. I have to be careful asking that question. I directed people with that knowledge to the appropriate authorities. And that's all I'll say publicly, but I can provide more details in a closed environment. I can't discuss that in an open session. I can't go beyond what I've already stated publicly in my News Nation interview. I can't discuss that publicly, but I did provide that information both to the Intel committees and the Inspector General. And we could get that in the SCIF if we were allowed to get in a SCIF with you. Would that be probably what you would think? Sure, if you had the appropriate yeah. accesses, yeah. Uh, I do know the names. Once again, I can't discuss that publicly and, and how they've evaded oversight. I, in a closed setting, I could tell you the specific tradecraft use. I do know a lot of that information, but that's something I can't discuss publicly because of sensitivities. All right. I can't go beyond what I've already espoused publicly about that. And that's about as far as I, I can go there. I'd be happy to give you that in a closed environment. I can tell you specifically. And are you going to tell me we need to go to a skiff so you can tell us in a skiff? I give you a vector in a closed environment, yeah. Uh, I can't get into the specifics in a, an open environment. It's something I can't discuss in public setting. The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. I can't confirm or deny that in a public setting. And no. Could you do it in a, in a secure setting? Yes. I see. So you're answering any questions that just call upon your knowledge of unclassified questions, but anything that relates to classified matters you're not commenting on in this context? In an open session, but happy to participate in a closed session at the right level, yeah. Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query, where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to Maximum Fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.